to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. Hey, are you ready to get into the Word of God? I'm ready to get into the Word of God. I've got some great things that I want to share. And if you're a guest with us for the first time, um, we have been kind of in this summer mode where we've been camping out in the Old Testament book of Daniel. And we've been learning some very practical and very powerful things on how to live a life that is unshaken. Everybody say unshaken. Living a life that's unshaken, living a life above the chaos, because I can tell you, I don't know about you, but man, life is busy. Life is crazy. And sometimes I think we run at such a pace that if one thing goes wrong, it's like, man, the stress level rises beyond what we can handle. And the pressures that we feel from work, from family, from friends can be overwhelming. We're looking to the Old Testament. We're looking to Daniel's life and seeing how we can live a life that is unshaken a faith-filled life that is unshaken, living above the chaos and the pressure of life. So that's where we've been this summer. And uh, last week, if you are new here, I actually spoke about, uh, the last time I spoke, which was two weeks ago, uh, I spoke about Daniel's uh, three friends. Remember them? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We talked about how these three guys uh, were being pressured by authorities to compromise their faith and their convictions, but they stood strong. They were able to stand and literally beat the heat despite a life and death crisis. Today, we're going to jump forward into that book, Daniel chapter 6. And so if you have your journals with you, you may want to pull your journals out. Um, For those of you who are are, are regular attenders, we have journals that we keep notes in. If If you want a journal, they're for free. They're on the back table as you're leaving as well. Grab a journal, come back next time, and it's a great place to take notes because sometimes we get moving really fast and we want you to be able to remember the things that God is speaking to us. So take out your journals and here we go. Um, We're going to get right into this, Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to catch up with our friend Daniel, um, having a good time. And the message for tonight is courage to stand. Everybody say courage to stand. Courage to stand. The, The courage we need to stand when the pressure is on, because the pressure continues to rise in our society and in our lives, and we need faith filled courage to stand. Okay, let me catch you up where we're at in chapter six. Here's where we're at. We've seen Daniel and his friends, they've been facing tests. Chapter one, two, three, even four and five, there are these tests that Daniel and his friends continue to face. First when they were in their teens, then in their 20s and 30s, and then even into their 40s. And now we pick up with Daniel. He's older. He's wiser. He's 80 years old now in chapter six. He's an experienced man. He survived two kings, all right? Two kings have already come and gone, and now he's serving under the third king. He's experienced two different empires that have risen, and then now now the second one, the, the first one was the Babylonian Empire, which crushed the Syrians, and then they were the ones that took the Jews into captivity. Well, then the Persians came along, and the Persians took over from Babylon, and now the Persians are in charge. Daniel was such an amazing leader, such a competent man of integrity, that each of the kings wanted to have him involved because they saw that whatever Daniel was involved in flourished. Wouldn't that be nice to be said about you? No matter what 
boss comes into your job, whether there's a change in leadership, whether there's a change in management, they say, oh, I, I want to keep Kelly. Oh, I want to keep Ryan. I'm going to keep Bob. I want to keep them because they're good. Daniel keeps getting rehired. Daniel keeps getting promoted. He outlasted two kings. The Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, outlasted his grandson, uh, Belshazzar. And now he's got a new boss, King Darius. Everybody say Darius. Darius. He's got this new boss, King Darius. King Darius was the under king under the emperor, the great uh, Cyrus the Great of Persia. So you have Cyrus the Great of Persia, who's the emperor, and then you've got this king, King Darius, who's the king of this region now. King Darius actually killed Daniel's previous boss, Belshazzar. He ransacked the city of Babylon. He destroys the city, and he takes over the city, and he says, yeah, I'm going to wipe everybody out, but I'm going to keep Daniel. I'm going to keep him. That's incredible. And, and the more I've been studying Daniel, the more I've been studying his life, the more I say, God, I want to I live like this guy. I want to experience these kinds of things. And then the Lord reminds me, oh, you want to experience those kinds of things? Are you ready for what he experienced? Oh, okay, Lord. Okay. See, I have this newfound respect for Daniel. One of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is a guy named Joseph. I love, I love Joseph, but now Daniel's kind of moving his way up there. I'm going, I like Daniel. I'm learning a lot from Daniel. We can learn a lot from his example. And the two things that I like to learn is the practical things that he did and the spiritual things that he did. How many of you guys like practical application when you get into the Bible and go, I want to know how to practically do this tomorrow in my daily life? You guys like that? I know I do. Secondly, I want, I want the spiritual. I want to know the, the, the deep spiritual aspects. And so we look at Daniel and we see these two things. Let's start off practically. Practically what Daniel was doing to experience this kind of promotion, to be able to experience this kind of advancement. Chapter 6, he continues to get promoted even with these new leaders. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to get promoted. If I start a job, I want to excel. I want to succeed. I want to be promoted. Typically, promotion, I know, means more responsibility, but also typically promotion means more what? Money. That's right. And so promotion can also mean more influence. Promotion can mean more um, uh, 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 impact. So promotion is a good thing. All of us want to get promoted. The first few verses of chapter 6, we see three reasons why Daniel outlasted everyone else and why he experienced promotion in the workplace. So we're going to jump straight into it, and I'm going to put the verses on the screen, and you're going to see the practical things that Daniel did and why he experienced promotion, even with all these new bosses. Take a look here at Daniel chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. It says this, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. And he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. So Darius, smart guy, he's coming in there. He's going to set up his, his um, organizational structure, right? And he's going to have his provinces, and he's going to have somebody over each province. Verse 2 says, The king also chose Daniel, there he is, and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers. Okay, so now we're seeing that these guys are governors. So we got the mayors and we got the governors. So he's setting up three governors. The king also said this, high officers and promoted the king's, or uh, to supervise the high officers and to protect the king's interest. Verse three, 
Daniel soon proved himself, here it is, more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, everybody say ability. Because of Daniel's great ability, look at this, the king made plans to place him over what? The entire empire. Whoo, Daniel's a standout. He's 80 years old. And he's a standout. It's, it's obvious. He's experiencing incredible favor. And there's three things that I noticed in just these few verses why Daniel was a standout. And if you're a note taker, take a look. We're going to look really quick here. Here's the first one. His competent wisdom made him stand out. His competent wisdom made him stand out. See, verse 3 shows that this guy is a gifted leader. It said that he proved himself more capable than all the others. This man has wisdom. He has insight. But more than that, let me tell you something about Daniel. He was a learner. Everybody say learner. He was a learner. We go all the way back to chapter 1. We see that he was a learner. And I've said this and and I've heard this and, and I've repeated it over and over again. All leaders are learners. It's true. Leaders who are successful, leaders who experience promotion, leaders who make their way up, they're learners. They never stop learning. They're lifelong learners. The moment you stop learning is the moment you stop leading. If you're hitting a lid, whether it's in your career or whether it's in school or wherever you're you're involved with, begin to learn. Even if it's learning something new. There's actually something that I want to do um, recently. I've said I want to learn to scuba dive. Now, how does that relate to church? How does that relate to pastoring? I don't know right now. But I want to learn how to scuba dive. And I know that that's going to begin to stir some things in me. Just simply learning some new skill helps you become a better leader. All right? Daniel was a student. He was a student of God's word. He was a student of culture. He was a student of people. He was a student of history. These are the things that we know about Daniel. Back in chapter 1, it said that Daniel and his friends were diligent learners. That's what it said, with knowledge, skill, and understanding. If you're looking for that promotion, if you're looking to be a standout in a positive way, competent wisdom is what made Daniel stand out. With each situation that Daniel went through, even if it was tough, even if it was hard, he saw that as an opportunity to grow, and his experience gave him wisdom. You might be going through a tough time right now, That tough time, as you weather that, as you get through that heat, you're going to come out on the other side wiser, wiser. One thing you might be wiser, you might say, I'm never doing that again. And that could be wisdom. I'm never going to be around those people again. That could be wisdom. Each situation and each season gives us a chance to get wiser. And Daniel grew wiser. Listen, if you make wisdom your life goal, you'll never be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed. And you'll get better and better and better. Because now, there are peaks in most careers, right? Most most careers peak at certain points. Matter of fact, there's some points where they peak even earlier. If you wanted to be a female Olympic gymnast, for example, 
you, chances are you'll probably peak right around 17 or 18 years old. That's about the peak for those female uh, gymnasts. And they're usually replaced by a young 14, 13 or 14-year-old. You watch the Summer Olympics coming up. The, one, the up and comings are those ones that are 14, 15 years old. Statistics show they peak out right around 17, 18 years old. Isn't that sad to think your career is wrapping up right when you're about 17, 18 years old? Wouldn't that be disappointing? Well, maybe you want to be a professional uh, NFL star, right? I think, I think the statistics show that right around 28, 29 years old, you've peaked. You've peaked. You're headed down the hill. At 28 years old, 29 years old, you're on the way down. Now, I know John Elway might disagree and some of the others that are a little bit older, but the reality is for the majority, you peak out when you're around 28, 29 years old. But listen, listen, if you say, I want to be a man or woman of wisdom, you may never peak because your entire life, every experience that you have builds more and more wisdom into your life. And wisdom is what we need. Wisdom is what you need. You may be more competent at 80 years old than, when you, than you were when you were 20, 30, and 40 years old. I may be 50 years old. I may not have the energy that I had when I was 20 or 30, but I tell you what, I have more wisdom. I'm a little slower to make certain decisions because I, I made some bad decisions when I was young, and I don't want to do that again. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Let's all read this together. Ready, begin. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. I love that. That's a great play on words. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Wave at me if you think I could use a little more wisdom. Just wave at me, be honest. There it is. There it is. Well, Father God, in Jesus' name, give us more wisdom. That's what we desire, Lord. It is more profitable than gold. Amen. Okay, here's the second thing. The second thing that we see in Daniel, why he was a standout, is this. His character of integrity made him stand out. His character of integrity is what made him stand out. Look at, look at uh, verse 4 of chapter 6. Take a look right here. Verse 4 says, The other administrators and the high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. Okay, now mind you, the king was starting to make plans to put Daniel in charge. He was going to be, I don't know, secretary of state, vice president, I don't know. He was going to be second in command. So these administrators are going, man, that ain't fair. We got to find something. It says the way Daniel was handling the affairs. But, and I love the buts in the Bible, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. They couldn't find anything. They were searching his Twitter account. They were looking at everything. They went back to some of the people he worked with and said, so how did he treat you? They dug, they dug, they dug. They couldn't find anything. And look what it says. He was faithful always responsible and completely trustworthy. That's what the Bible says about Daniel. Daniel demonstrated not only professional competence, but personal character. Those two things are what made him stand out. He was a man of integrity and humility. 
And these are the qualities that make you stand out. He was a man of godliness and goodness. When the administrators heard the news, man, they tried to find, they dug and they dug to undermine Daniel, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't find anything against him. He was honest. He was reliable. He was dependable. He was trustworthy, it says. He wasn't lazy. He didn't neglect his responsibilities. No wonder he kept getting promoted. Matter of fact, I'd like to hire this guy. Any of you business owners or supervisors, right? Wouldn't you say, I want to hire a guy like this? Somebody who's trustworthy? Oh, yeah. That's who I want to hire. Matter of fact, that's what I want said about me. I I want it said that he's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's dependable. These are the kind of leaders we need in our world today. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't it be nice if a leader rose up and they could say of that leader, we can't find any dirt on him, no matter how much we dig. Wouldn't that be nice? Almost impossible, I'd say. I'd like to see some people who are not driven by power, money, or fame, but who are truly committed to being integrous. Take a look at what it says here in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. It says this, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Because being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. One translation says a good name is more valuable than silver and gold. Are you seeing, you seeing it? The Daniel, he experienced this personal competency and he was a person with personal integrity, personal character. But this didn't, this didn't stop these guys from being jealous for some reason. I don't know if it's because they wanted the position or maybe they looked at him and thought he was a Jew and these were a bunch of anti-Semites. I don't know. But whatever the reason was, they didn't like him and they dug and they dug and they dug and they dug. And these administrators had to look for something to trap Daniel, which leads us to the third thing that made him stand out. Take a look. That was the only thing that they could find, that he, his commitment to God made him stand out. See, now they found something that maybe they could try to get him with, his commitment to God. He didn't just have a professional competence or personal character. He had a public commitment to God. He was not ashamed of his faith in God. He didn't hide it. He didn't stick it in a closet. He wasn't a closet Christian. He was a man that trusted God. He was very open and very public about his faith. He prayed in the open. He talked about God in the open. Matter of fact, way back in the early parts, we were remembering that he even led Nebuchadnezzar to faith in God. So these jealous co-workers looked to discredit him because of his faith. Take a look here. Daniel chapter 6, verse 5. So they concluded, these authorities, administrators, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Verse 6, so the administrators and the high officers went to the king. They came up with a plan. And they said, well, first they're going to grease the wheels. Long live King Darius. So, oh, okay. We are all in agreement We administrators and officers and high officials and advisors and governors, all of us, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, (laughs) your majesty, 
will be thrown into the den of lions. Now, you can imagine Darius just sitting there going, I like that law. That's a good law. It's all about me, the king, because it's good being the king. Verse 8, and now your majesty, issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. Man, these guys wanted, they wanted Daniel out. They wanted to embarrass him. They wanted to persecute him. They wanted public opinion to turn against him. They wanted him to either reject his faith or get booted. But look how Daniel responds. Church, this is where we learn. This is how Daniel responds and how we can respond. Verse 10, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual. Everybody say, as usual. In his upstairs room, with its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Daniel didn't go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I got to call my lawyers. I got to call, I got to call, you know what? This is infringement upon my religious right. He didn't start freaking out. He didn't start reacting in fear. The Bible says that he did what he always did, what he usually would do. He didn't hide. He publicly declared his commitment to God by doing what he always did. His commitment to God was unshakable and unshaken. Now, he knew that this would put his job on the line. He's not dumb. He's wise. He knew that this could turn public opinion away from him. He knew that he would probably be ridiculed. He knew that this could probably result in death. But he continued to stand unshaken. See why I like Daniel? How about you? Could you take that kind of stand? Will you take that kind of stand for your faith? See, it's one thing to stand for God right here at church where everybody is kind of doing the same thing and feels comfortable. But will you stand for God at your job? Will you stand for God on the website, on the internet, on social media, in school, and in your community? See, anybody can be a secret disciple or a, a hidden Christian. But we're challenged by these words from the Apostle Paul. Take a look. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, for the world. Not a better economy. Not a better legal system. Not more rules and regulations. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God that leads salvation for everyone who believes. And that's why I'm not ashamed. Listen, you need to write this down. You need to remember this. The unshaken life requires faith-filled courage to take a public stand. The unshaken life is going to require faith-filled courage courage. We need faith-filled courage because the heat is rising. I don't know if you watch the news. It's not popular to be a follower of Jesus. 
Oh yeah, in America 30, 40, 50 years ago, just to be an American meant you were a Christian. Go around the world. Oh, that's a Christian nation. It's not popular to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's becoming less and less popular. The heat is rising. Unshaken life. An unshaken life requires faith-filled courage to take a public stand. See, Daniel's faith-filled courage is what gave him the strength to stand. That faith-filled courage. And as a result, he experienced supernatural miracles in his life. He saw God's hand of power move. How's your courage? How's your courage? If the heat turns up, how's your courage? How's your courage? If you want to have more courage in your life, if you want to be a more courageous man or woman of God, you're going to need to do the the spiritual things that Daniel did, the spiritual things that led to the practical things. And so now I want to give you those, those few spiritual things, and then I'll let you guys go out. It's cooled off outside already, and we have some delicious food for you. But you want to catch this. Spiritually speaking, I want to look at the spiritual side that gave Daniel a faith-filled courage. And the first thing was this. He remembered God is faithful. Can we all say that together? He remembered God is faithful. Remember. Remember. Why do we do communion? To remember. To remember. It's important for us to remember God is faithful. Daniel could look back over the 80 years of his life and he could see where God had met him every step of the way. They say hindsight is 2020. Well, Daniel had perfect vision. He could see how God had provided. He remembered. He didn't forget. Each test that he and his buddies faced resulted in God-sized miracles. He remembered. And you got to remember too, every day. Because there's an enemy that wants to tear down your faith so that you'll be ineffective. And every day he's going after you. Every morning I wake up, I wake up around, gosh, 3.30, 4 o'clock every single morning. I consider it a blessing and a curse. I'm embracing it, going, okay, God, what do you want to do at 4 o'clock in the morning when everybody's asleep? And now I've been doing this, gosh, at least for the past year. I wake up and out loud, I quote this passage of Scripture. I say, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who heals, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I say this every day, why? To remember to forget not what God has done. We need to remember. We need to remind ourselves daily when we're facing the heat, when we're facing the pressure. What has God done? How has God touched your life? How has he blessed you? Remind yourself of that. David had to actually speak to himself. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's talking to his soul. Soul, you better start blessing God. You better, start, you better start believing. And don't forget, soul. He's talking to himself. 
I know we call that self-talk, right? But we need to be doing that and remind ourselves what God has done. This is a reminder to remember. That's what this is. We need to remember how God is cared, protected. This will fill us with faith that builds courage. The second thing that we see that Daniel did was this. He regularly communicated with God. So he remembered that God was faithful and he regularly communicated with God. He had a conversation with God and we see there in the scriptures, it was how many times? Three times a day. Three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He would, he would three times a day. It says that he knelt down right here to pray as usual. Everybody say as usual. Wasn't a new thing for him. This was regular for him. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had done all of his life. Why was Daniel wise? Why was Daniel experiencing favor from God? Because he's with God three times a day. He is. He's with him three times a day. I mean, think about this. If you prayed three times a day, if you had been praying three times a day since you were, say, 15 years old, Think about what you would know about God. Think about what he would know about you. Think about how your faith would be, how your confidence might be. I know this, it produced less fear and insecurity. By the way, I'm talking to you guys and I kind of point like this. I got three fingers pointing right back at me. I've been preaching this message to myself all week long because I'm gifted to teach this. I'm gifted to have insight into this, but guess what? I got to live it out too. And I hear the Lord speaking to me saying, Kelly, spend more time with me. See, I'm a doer. When I come to church, I want to get things done. I want to do things. I want to move chairs. You know, I want to build things. I want to paint things. I want to I get things done. And there's many times during the week God says, hey, will you come meet with me? Come meet with me. And I'll, okay, I'm going to pray. And I pull out the list of our church. And I begin to pray. Okay, there's Tyson. And there's Josh. Oh, he needs lots of prayer. I'm going to pray for him. And you know what the Lord always reminds me? He goes, put that down. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Because if you don't get anything else today, I want you guys to hear this. This is important right here. The secret to standing strong is kneeling often. The secret to being able to stand strong, to be unshaken, is to kneel often. We have access to the God of the universe, infinite wisdom, immeasurable power. And God just says, come meet with me. The more time I'm in prayer, the stronger I'm going to stand when the heat is on. Because of these daily times, listen, Daniel knows God and what God thinks. He knows God and he knows what God thinks. And as a result, he's not worried about what other people think because he knows what God thinks. Did you hear that? It doesn't matter what King Darius thinks. I know what the king of the universe thinks. So good. The third reason he was unshaken in the last one is this. He chose faith over fear. He chose faith over fear. We got to choose. We can choose to be in fear. We can choose to fret and worry. Or we can choose to have faith. Remembering that God is faithful. Spending time with Him and choosing faith. 
Look what Daniel did. He said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to throw open my windows and I'm going to pray in public. That's faith. Who opened the windows? Daniel opened the windows. He did it. He chose not to hide. He's going, I might get in trouble. I might lose my job. But you know what? I am going to trust God. You know why? Because he knew that God's ways were better than man's ways. God's ways were better than man's ways. Fear is the enemy of faith. You need to hear this. Fear is the enemy of your faith. And I'm going to explore, actually, because of time, I'm going to explore that a little bit more next week. I'm going to talk about how fear is the enemy of faith and how God wants you to operate in faith so that you can see supernatural things take place in your life. But listen, listen, I'm going to explore that more next week. So come back next week. Don't miss next week. Don't listen to the podcast. Come next week. Be here, okay? You don't want to miss it. I had a couple people today say, yeah, yeah, Pastor Kelly, I'm going to miss it, but I'll listen to the podcast. I'm like, that's great, but we're still going to miss you. We want you here. I'm glad for the podcast. That's great. That's what we need to do, but I want you here. But listen, the enemy always wants to fear you with fear and doubt so that you won't take a stand for righteousness. The enemy is at work over time wanting to fill you with fear and doubt because then you're ineffective. You're questioning. You're second-guessing. So when fear starts to rise up, Here's what I want you guys to know. Remember who you are and whose you are. When fear starts to rise up, remember who you are. The Bible says in Corinthians, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because of what Jesus Christ did, what we celebrate and remember today, what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary, makes me right before God. I'm the righteousness of God. That's who I am. And remember, whose you are. You're a child of the living God of the universe. God who loves you. And he wants the best for you. I'm adopted. I was born to a teenage mom wasn't able to take care of me. Thank God she chose to give birth to me and not have an abortion. Gave me a chance. And I was adopted by an older couple, Mike and Vivian Fellows. I know what it means to be a Fellows. My name is Fellows. I wasn't born a Fellows, but I was adopted as a Fellows. And I have all the benefits of what it means to be a Fellows. My inheritance came from Fellows not from anybody else. See, when you say yes to Jesus, you're adopted into his family and all the benefits that go with it belong to you. Remember who you are and whose you are. Look what it says in Romans. Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, 31 and 34, says this, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? You need to hear this. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? If God is willing to give his own son, don't you think he's going to get you out of the issues that you're dealing with? He loves you. He loves you.
And not because he has to, because he wants to. He wants to love you. He proved that. He didn't have to give his son, but he chose to. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. See why we had communion today? So we would remember who we are and whose we are. Last but not least, take a look. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Faith. Faith. He chose faith over fear. Courage to stand comes when you're convinced of the fact that God is for you. I want to close up our time right now. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Just kind of take this moment of privacy and silence right there. I invite you to close your eyes just to simply kind of block out all the distractions of the lights and the technology. Just just simply focus in on what I'm about to say. God is for you. He loves you because he wants to love you. And whatever challenges or struggles that you're facing right now, today choose in faith to trust God to get you through these difficult times. Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the quietness of this moment, we choose faith over fear. Lord, I want to commit. Matter of fact, I'm going to invite you to commit right now. Commit to remembering that God is faithful. Commit to praying regularly. Commit to choosing faith over fear. You need to maybe make that a declaration right now where you're sitting. Say, God, I choose, I choose to remember that you are faithful. Come on, you need to do that right now. I commit, Lord, that I'm going to choose to remember that you are faithful. I'm committing to praying more often. Maybe you pray once a month. Make a commitment to God. God, I'm going to pray once a week. Maybe you pray once a week. God, I'm going to pray once a day. Maybe you pray once a day. God, I'm going to pray twice a day. Make a new commitment right now. And then lastly, say, I commit God to choosing faith over fear in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take the teeth out of the devil and not allow him to have control of my life, my family, my career. I want to be a standout like Daniel was. Make that commitment right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for your word that challenges us, encourages us to live a life that's unshaken. Thank you for Jesus Christ who makes it possible for me to come before you boldly as your child and stand there with new confidence. I pray for renewed confidence in the name of Jesus Christ in this room 
new confidence in my position with you, Lord God, as your child, loved by you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Will you say amen with me? Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.